Hey, Real Nerds listeners. There's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You want to check us on Facebook? You can. Just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6NERDS5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men. Listen, I have my own podcast. I have my own podcast studio. I don't really care about those. What I really care about is the Real Nerds Podcast, the best podcast in the universe, in the multiverse, in, in, on all Earth, 616 and beyond. Listen to it. Subscribe right now and uh, listen to this episode. Listen to all the episodes, but especially listen to, the, listen to the one that I'm on. It might be the best. Thank you, guys. Camera action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can talk to film. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Fan Expo 2022 and beyond. I am Ryan. Joined with me is Brad. What up? And that's it. This week on... Just kidding. Hi, Corinne. Hi, Ryan. I didn't even know if she was listening or not. I just got to check. Of course, I'm always listening. You know, every time I'm not on an episode... I always listen to it just to make sure you guys don't talk shit about me because sometimes you do. And I text you and I let you know, Hey, I am listening. I'm always listening. Ryan. Good. Like big brother. Good. 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 Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did that like two episodes ago. So yeah, I know we did. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and Ryan got a very angry text about it. Well, don't watch stupid movies. I don't have to hear about it. Um, speaking of movies, Every week on Real Nerds, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw The Northman, Henry the Red, Duke of Shells, and Leader of Its People. Just kidding. I combined Army of Darkness into it. Because also, in three weeks, we'll be recording uh, Film Explosion 1992, which Army of Darkness technically is in. So make sure you send us those lists. Which I, I've already sent to Brad because I'm I'm a good real nerd. Yeah, you're on top of things. That's why you Hell lead yeah. us. That's right. Lead us into the I mean, the promised land. So awesome. That's what I do. Uh, Ryan, I already sent in my 1992, 2002, and 2012 lists. Uh, I, I take more care into my movies because you don't really like movies, so I make sure that my lists are, you know, they, they go through ebbs and flows. So mine take a little longer because I'm more thoughtful. Um, just overall better. Corinne, did you do that by email or by text? I think I sent it to you on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Uh-oh. Sounds like we have a problem. <laughs> um. I'll tell you right now, if everybody's number one film from 2002 isn't Spider-Man, I'm going to beat everybody's fucking face in. You hear me? 
everybody's so violent i, th- I thought we uh got over this like two weeks ago at the oscars no, no. <laughs> i'll smack uh Huh, but I can't really say leave Spider-Man's <laughs> name out of your fucking mouth because that doesn't make any sense. Um, sure it does. <laughs> no, because I want it to be in everybody's mouth. I want everybody to be regurgitating Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> like we ate him? Yes. <laughs> we gotta throw him up. Yes. Wow. Like, All a, over like an people, owl so. feeding its young. So everybody knows the greatness that is the Tobster's Spider-Man trilogy. Me and Toby Maguire are really good friends. That's why I can call him the Tobster. Ah, cool. That's what he prefers. <laughs> it's being called the Tobster. That's a pretty rad nickname. I know, right? I mean, that's not something I just totally made up on the spot. I mean, who would think of something that brilliant instantly? Answer, so- no one. Are we, are we going to review the Northman here? Is that, is that going to happen? Uh, no, no I, Ryan's just going to talk shit for another 10 minutes. No, I'm letting people know our personalities too, Brad. It's not, you know, we we're, cut so much of like the show years out. Old. <laughs> I know, but we cut so much of the show out in our new format. I, now I have room to breathe and tell people how I really feel about them not picking Spider-Man as their favorite film from 2002. You know, it's just, that's what it is. That's how it goes. I can't help it. You can't help it. I run this motherfucker. It's how it is. Does that go for 2004 when we get there too? Oh yeah. Pretty much every year there's a Spider-Man movie. I'm just going to be a total prick. So, which is every true. year now. I know it's pretty much every, <laughs> every year. year. You're going to be a prick. He still beats me after last year's film explosion. I know. I couldn't believe. It. I could fucking believe it. But anyways, I digress. This week on Real Nerds podcast, we saw The Northman. Brad, do you recommend The Northman? Uh, you know, it's it's visually interesting. Um, you know, for an indie art house pick, it's it's ambitious and uh, uh, you know, well made. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like I felt like I was just uh, watching Conan the Barbarian or Hamlet or The Lion King because um, the story is not that deep. Um, I mean, I you. You did see the part where Alexander Skarsgård broke out into I Can't Wait to Be King, right? Yeah, that was weird. I didn't expect it was really weird, but visually but, awesome. Yeah, visually, yeah, it's it's brutal, savage, um, some really good action stuff. Um, but yeah, story, yeah, you know, the story felt very familiar, and that was kind of a bummer. So, um, you know, it's just it's just like the 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 Nor- the Norse Lion King, really, um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah. Just, uh, it's, it's the middle of the road for me. Corinne, did you see The Northman? I did. Yeah. Do you recommend uh, The Northman? I'm kind of in the same boat as Brad. There were parts of it that I liked. I appreciated it. It was very much like the same way that The Green Knight went for me, where there were sequences where I was like, that was really well done, or that was like visually really interesting. But on the whole, I didn't come out of it like really in or really excited about the movie it was just like that was a movie i saw and it was memorably kind of boring i don't know yeah it i i didn't have a lot of expectations going into it so that was something so um yeah i don't know it was it was okay 
Wow, that's so weird that Corinne doesn't like a movie. Um, <laughs> I, I had fun with it. I think there is this great, uh, like, propulsive drive to the film um, that is driven by, yeah, it's, you know, it's like a revenge thriller. Um, there is some cool twists in it that we'll talk about, even though, I mean, you could kind of see them coming. Uh, but yeah, I had fun. I think uh, Skarsgård was really uh, good in it. I like how he transformed himself. And yeah, it, visually, it's really cool. I, I, I really like the director a lot. Here's a trailer for The Northman. Now, behold. He's here. King, milady, the king. Your fate is set, and you cannot escape it. How oh, I've missed you, my son. One day this kingdom will be yours. Thank you, father, my king. So yeah, Brad talked about it. The Northman is about, I'm not even going to try the characters' names because I'm going to fuck them up, um, about this. Yeah, I think it's Viking. Amleth or something yeah, like that. Amleth is at least the main character. Cause yeah, that's, so, uh, so he, yes, Brian, this is actually where we get the Shakespeare play Hamlet from, is the story. Like, I guess Shakespeare read a bastardized, a bastardized version of this story and that's where he came up with the inspiration for Hamlet. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, it does have a like a Shakespearean quality to it. Uh, I felt that, especially in that scene where his father gets killed. Spoilers, I guess. But the no, whole like it's in the trailer. You're good. <laughs> I, oh, okay, I didn't see. I didn't see any trailers for this movie, which was weird. I keep seeing the same like three trailers. I keep seeing ambulance. I keep seeing Top Gun. 
I keep seeing, uh, well, I kept seeing Sonic and now it's out finally and Morbius, but yeah, I didn't see any trailers for this movie. Yeah, that's why you got to go to Alamo changes up their trailers a lot. When you go to the quote unquote mainstream theaters, they show the same stuff always. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, that scene where his dad gets killed felt very Shakespearean to me where, you know, both the uncle and the dad have like they're kind of like little soliloquies and everything's like very has a lot of gravitas to it and very eloquent and i was like this feels very shakespeare to me like yes let's give you a very you know cool you know well-written death scene rather than just oh i'm gonna kill you hey right what happens in the northman uh so the, the main character viking guy his dad is killed by his uncle and he has to flee his village and he comes back years later as a totally ripped badass wolf monster guy and he finds out that his uncle fucked up their kingdom and is basically uh in iceland or banished to iceland with his mother um his half-brother and in a servant to another king yeah um so he uh goes there he poses as a slave and he goes gets on a slave ship and there he meets Anna Taylor Joy's character. Um, oh, who, Gladiator! That's the other movie this felt like. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is. It's like a Braveheart, Gladiator, um, historical epic that's really violent and awesome. Um, so yeah, so he plots his revenge against his um, uncle, and I mean the violence in the movie is awesome. Right away when the when he's a kid and he cuts the nose off that one dude. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and then I, I don't, I, I guess he joins uh, some sort of tribe where they're just vicious, uh, murderers because they went down those, by those one dudes on the river and just shot him with an arrow and laughed. Yeah. Like, like they're guys nothing. fishing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the sequence where they put all the kids inside the barn and then they burn it. That was messed yeah, up. That reminded me of the Patriot. <laughs> and but, yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, it's like it's nonstop uh, when the violence starts, and then it kind of takes a back seat while he's plotting his revenge with uh, to take out his uncle. It's yeah, I, I like I said, I thought it was really cool. I always like movies like this. I kind of have a I don't know if soft spot's the right word, but I love historical bloody revenge movies. Yeah, like um, a guilty pleasure. Uh, some of the things that like I like right away, none of his plan seems to go awry. So that wasn't challenging at all until the very end. Um, and then, you know, it, you know, we're in spoiler territory when he when he finally defeats his uncle. Um, I left the theater thinking like, oh, OK, well. That was that. That's kind of how it was supposed to end. But that, I, I thought about it a couple days later, thinking that like. Maybe I got the wrong read on that scene because his uncle has clear opportunity to n- defeat him. And I started to like look back on it as like he was holding back so that they could kill each other because they both realize that they've spiraled into this death cycle. And the only way out of it is for them both to go. Um, I don't know about that. I, I think it's more of a, uh... I don't know. It's kind of like a, a cultural thing where they have to fight a certain way 
Um, because when he kills his, I guess, cousin and rips his heart out, they also killed his husband, his cousin's wife or girlfriend or something, um, which is really bizarre. Um, you know, he thought he was going to save his mother, which is kind of a cool twist. I guess you can kind of see it coming, but yeah, his- I was going to say like early on, um, like, you know, the first few scenes when the brother takes over and then you're like, Oh my God, he's, he's slaughtering the whole village. Even, um, I was like, there's yeah. no way that she just like lets that go. And like, um, you know, goes with yeah, it for like 20 years, you know? I, yeah. I always wonder though, too, in instances like that in the last duel touched on this is women's role back then. Could she even really do something about it? I mean, once she's in deep with ha- helping his uncle kill her, husband can she go back on that i mean what's the role of women in i don't know was it 700 ad or something yeah um, 600 800. 800. yeah something like that so really early yeah but because just she, well it just seemed yeah. like she was she wasn't that distraught later on you know when the story jumps forward yeah it didn't seem like it she didn't seem like she was having a bad time so it's like it's in there for like the rest of the movie going like I think she's in on this. Like, um, like she'd been in a really easy, like piece of the pu- like plan to ha- like get access to her husband, you know, the way that he did. So it does have cool, uh, you know, the, the fight with getting the sword, I think it's really cool against the zombified thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it it also, and I, I love his plan of he's going to fuck with the people first, you know, killing all his cousin's friends and then displaying their bodies a certain way and yeah. kind of takes on a horror movie vibe to it. I was actually surprised given um, Eggers' other movies, which I've been like, they're stylish and interesting, but, you know, haven't really resonated with me. And I was, so I was surprised that this was actually a, like less weird and disjoint and disjointed than the other films um and then i read i guess given that it was like a 70 million dollar budget for an art house film he had fights with the you know people who were paying to make it over the edit so i feel like this may not be that vision and like it that's why it seems more conventional which which um, is really bizarre because they let ari leister uh after i'm sorry for midsummer which i think goes on way too long kind of have free reign and i think this movie is better than that one yeah it's it's definitely more conventional and understandable but at the same time i like i said i left the theater being like huh that's what i expected okay nothing strange nothing too out of the ordinary i read an interview with uh eggers and he had a really interesting fact that they cgi'd the wieners on the guys in the last fight because they were swinging around real swords on set and they didn't want to accidentally get hurt. <laughs> That's funny. Like I saw the Esquire on, on the second floor. So the screen's like right in my face and I didn't see any dicks at all. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't remember seeing them, but I, I read that they CGI them on purpose because they were wearing probably like biker shorts or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that they had like loin class on or something. Yeah. It was just a really interesting like behind the scenes thing like safety so, measure yeah i say hey hey uh you cgi artist yeah you're doing a great job with this lava but don't forget to show some uh ball sacks and some 
Cox swinging around here. Okay. Look, if you roll over <laughs> into the lava, just throw some dirt on it and walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. I mean, that bothered me that whole last fight because I thought that they were wearing shoes initially, but then it looked like in the one shot that they weren't. There's no way they could be barefoot on rocks that close to lava. Their feet would just catch on fire or something. Um, I could say from personal experiences <clears throat> that when I was in Hawaii, I just wore uh, sandals and it never got like, never melted my sandals. The, it's weird though. The rocks, there are like glass and I did get all fucking cut up because if you trip and fall on it, you're fucked. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, between like the sharpness of the rocks and the heat, potentially, there's just no way they could be barefoot on that. But they're just fucking so manly, Corinne, that it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, Amleth's first mistake was not getting the high ground in that fight. <laughs> Um, yeah i i liked it it was i i I like movies like this you know i i said earlier i have a soft spot for historical revenge dramas um i mean some of my favorite films braveheart the patriot things like that how do you feel about the count of monte cristo oh no i like the count of monte cristo for sure i mean i just watched i watched that yesterday yep it's not as violent as I'd like them to be, but you know, I mean, I want to see heads cut, uh, chopped off. I want to see, you know, British redcoats running away and they don't have a weapon and then get shot. You know, I want to see stuff like that, but you know, he's a little too dashing for me. He's kind of like Robin Hood. But good stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely the. Northmen, there were sections of it that reminded me of the Green Knight. Like anytime they did the little like vision quest stuff where they had like the hallucinogenic whatever and the whole him kissing blood and seeing like the tree. Yeah, the yeah it was a little weird. And the Valkyrie. Yep. Did the Valkyrie have braces or were those like teeth tattoos? I don't know. It looked like braces to me. I thought yeah. the same thing. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, but I don't know if they were like, you know, supposed to be like, ornamental or something you know what i mean that they weren't for fixing teeth that they were put on there to look cool i don't know it's like i don't do they have braces in the <laughs> yeah that's what i mean 700s <laughs> oh the valkyrie is actually from the ugly betty universe <laughs> yeah but yeah oh. that's about it I yeah no one else to say about it like, like i said the story is pretty conventional yep don't kill someone's dad. Or you're going to face the consequences, <laughs> especially in old time times. Yeah, don't live in old times. Like, there, yeah. there's no laws and no accountability. Like, it was go to village to village and pillage and murder. <laughs> yeah, because that's not happening anywhere in the world right now. Of course not. Yeah. Doy. Every week, I like to look back at the big news story of the week. Let's check out some Hollywood news. It's real news. In lameness that couldn't be any more lame, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has been delayed till next summer. Instead of October release date. You know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really read a reason why. Um, unless, I thought it was to like, I, give the animators more time. 
No, I think I I, I want to I, I I can't read. I think I did read that what is it's this more supposed to come out here. More lucrative window or something. Doesn't say when was it supposed to come out here? Like holidays? October. October. Yeah. Hmm. Which is when I think the first one came out too. Uh, Do you think they got scared because October is historically a low-grossing month? I think so, and there must be uh, not enough time before that and uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, I think the beginning of November, so maybe. Um, So yeah, that's a bummer because, I mean, even the little trailer that they've released is really impressive. Mm -hmm. So, But I guess now it's going to be like the first year without Spider-Man in six or seven years. What are you going to do? uh, Civil War. I mean, since Civil War, there's been a Spider-Man movie in one way or another every year. So, well, if you count Morbius, he's a Spider-Man uh, villain. Nope, don't count it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess there's still it could be a chance. No, uh, Craven doesn't come out till like February. Man, I wonder if Spider-Man's going to have a cameo in Doc Strange, and then I'll I'll count it. <laughs> Maybe. Some Maybe. variant Spider-Man. It's just like in the background that counts. Dude, that'd be sweet if his Nick Cage's Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Yep. Um, and also in big movie news is uh Brad was able to procure uh get us some Spider-Man No Way Home steel books. Haha. <laughs> Suck at people on eBay that are selling them. Yeah, take that, you uh inflated reviews on Best Buy's page. Yeah, that were totally fake. It's already up to 3.9. Yeah. Stars. I don't know why people are mad at Best Buy. I know, uh, like the snooze you lose, like, dude. Yeah. We get it. You work for Best Buy. We get um, it. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, we didn't snooze. We just, because of the shipping is terrible, we chose to order in store like every other steelbook we've ever done. Yep. And uh Yeah. Got uh, a, a funny side note to that. So I text my wife and I said, Hey, just so you know, the $36 to Venmo is for Brad. He got me the steel book for Spider-Man. And she said, wow, you complained for a week for nothing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know what? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you're welcome, my, Laura. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My wife says I have a problem with instant gratification. And I said, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. Did, uh, Brad, did you pre-order that Kawabunga special edition thing? I finally did. Yeah, they, they reopened pre-orders for it. So I grabbed it. And uh, now I have two. I, <laughs> so I haven't seen it on Amazon yet. Have you seen it on Amazon? Where'd you order it from? I did Best Buy. Yeah. Mm. Um it, yeah, it was. It's supposed to be on Amazon, but again, they like sold out. So I don't know if they're going to reopen it or not. And it's usually the Switch version that's in the highest demand. So um, you might be able to find a PS5 version easier. I wonder if they're going to be able to do cross-platform then. Um, oh, so we yeah, can, team up, so we can play. Yeah, player. I didn't think about that. But I guess if not, I'm. Well, I mean, I'm you can still get my the... house, and I'm getting pizza. Well, if it's just the game, you can still get the regular edition easy. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. So you can play it that way if you want a Switch version. I guess, you know, and I actually don't mind getting Switch versions of those because I can take it with me on the go. Yeah. You know, 
Like, why um, would you like? It's not like they improved the graphics on them. So the PS5 yeah. or an Xbox X isn't going to help you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so. maybe I'll just do that anyways if I can lock up one of the collector's editions because it's pretty awesome. Actually, like I said, I, I pre-ordered the regular edition months ago when that came out, not yeah, knowing this was happening. So, oh, so you're already covered. Never mind. Yeah. So I'm good on the regular edition. I just, I'm trying to find the... Calabunga one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're but, only getting like a diorama and a poster and some cards. So. True. But the diorama looks cool. And, but anyway. When it comes out, you're coming over to my house and we're having pizza and freaking playing turtles. So. Oh, hell yeah. And we'll have another reason, too, with Shredder's Revenge. So I'm just saying. Freaking, that's, a, that's a separate game. Yep. Ninja Turtle Party. And the last Ronin's last issue's out tomorrow. So, yay. I thought that was last week. It's tomorrow? Oh, man. Yeah. Or yeah, Wednesday. I, I don't know when IDW Comics go on so Neither do I. It's either tomorrow or Wednesday. Anywho, that's the big news story this week. <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> the big box office comeback is happening again with this week. Kind of a surprising box office return. The number one film this week is The Bad Guys, which I was actually going to take uh, Kellen to, but all the showings at the Alamo were sold out. is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect I did, that to do that well. I know. It did $24 million, Um And yesterday I went golfing with Kellen, and I said, hey, we'll go see The Bad Guys afterwards. Great thing about Season Pass is I don't have to pay for his ticket. Um, but from four like thirty to seven thirty, uh, the showings at Alamo, Sloan's Lake, and Westminster didn't have any seats together. So pretty and impressive. Actually, yeah, it didn't look that bad. I was actually kind of tempted to go and see it. No, the animation, I think the animation style is kind of cool. Great. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's getting good reviews, so who knows? It might be a good movie. I mean, the premise uh, sounds fun. I mean, dumb, but fun. You know, yeah. kid show. Actually, Kellen has one of it was uh, books before, and they're uh, I mean they're easy to read chapter books. So he's been reading them and he likes them a lot. So, um, yeah, uh, coming in second place, kind of surprisingly, was Sonic Two. Uh, Fantastic Beast took a big nosedive its second week with fourteen million. Um, Harry Potter's in trouble. Um. And the Northmen made twelve million, which isn't too bad. And then our movie next week is the unbearable weight of massive talent. Came Just already. I know I gotta find a way to see it this week. I my schedule's all goofy, so I'll have to run out maybe tomorrow in the morning. Um but yeah, so interesting different types of movies in the top five, but they're all making some money now, so it kind of almost feels like we're starting to get back to normal. Um, with release dates not changing and multiple movies coming out in one week. Now I get, you know, get those uh, late night showings back up because I know that would help me out tons. Yeah, all this seven PM last showing stuff is like I did get 
a 1030 for the Nicolas Cage movie, but that's that seems like a wild card. Yeah, well, th- they only do that usually on Saturday nights, I've noticed. Fridays, 7 o'clock. Saturday yeah. nights, because I saw The Northman Saturday at 1040. But I was going to see it the next day because Laura worked. And I said, well, I'll just see it when she comes home, like at 830. But the last showing was 7-something. So, yeah, it's weird. But hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, I'm hoping with summer coming up, uh, that yeah. movie season, they usually expand their hours, so. And there's lots of cool movies coming out, you know. I know I'm on the, I haven't, uh, Corinne, you're seeing Doctor Strange at three, right? Mm-hmm. I have an extra ticket if you want it. I can't, I'm training the new guy, so I can't leave early. So I can't see it till later that night. So I'm hoping that there'll still be tickets available. Because also with my job, I don't know if I'll be able to leave on time and it sucks. Yeah, I've got tickets for the very first showing on Thursday. And then I bought tickets again on the Friday because other friends couldn't go on Thursday. But I'm like, I still still want to go. I'm sure I want to see it again. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be crazy enough that it probably requires several viewings. Mm -hmm. I didn't get tickets because I'm pretty sure I'll be able to find a screening. Like, it'll just be that popular. Yeah. there's. I was reading, uh, they're already projecting it to do over 200 million. So... Good times at the movies. So, like I said, next week it will be the unbearable weight of massive talent. Until then, we'll see you at the movies. Boy, Ryan, hmm. I have a segment this week. I have a Catching the Classic. Are you actually going to call it in? Because I don't know. Yep, I sure am. Okay, well, let's listen to that. It's Corinne here for part 43 of Catching the Classics, where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send in my review. This week, I finally, finally got around to watching John Carpenter's The Thing. <clears throat> so if you didn't listen to Film Explosion 1982, you definitely should. But a lot of the nerds talked about it, and I was like, I haven't seen this movie. So Zach very kindly lent it to me on Blu-ray, and um, I was not super enthused about it definitely gave me nightmares uh so i guess that's a win for it the gore effects were pretty disturbing so yep didn't like that part i like see this movie kind of straddles the line between is it more of like a gory horror film where it just like wants to gross you out and like give you nightmares and shit about you know, the disgusting effects, which were very well done. I'll, I'll give him props for that. Or does it want to be more of this, like, suspense, like, you know, who can you trust and who is the thing and who's been infected and all this kind of, like, you know, very, um, more, I guess, more cerebral, not necessarily, like, completely cerebral, but, you know, at least more of, like, a, you know, you're trying to figure out, you're trying to piece together all the little clues of, like, who is the thing? Um... So, again, it kind of straddles the line. And as a as a gory horror film, obviously, I was not on board with that. And, again, the f- effects were very well done. And I had to, like, close my eyes. And I was like, ah, like, that's so gross. Um, but as far as, like, more of a thriller, um, I think this was something that, based on what I read on the IMDb trivia page, which is very extensive, by the way. I felt like I was reading a novella. Um it sounds like they found a lot of this movie on the cutting room floor. 
And that didn't really make for a very succinct and well put together movie. It's like, it's kind of fun to watch at the time, but the more you think about it, the more you're like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, so wait, how did so-and-so become the thing? Well, okay, we saw that one shot, but but then how did the other person become the thing? And it's like, so what happened to this other guy? Like, there are two or three characters who are completely, like, either they're killed off screen, or they're just, like, forgotten about. And I'm like, so what was the purpose of that? And there's this whole sequence, a very tense sequence where, you know, the main character, Russell Crowe, or Russell Crowe, damn it, I did it again. I was calling him Russell Crowe, like, all while I was watching it. Kurt Russell goes up to his cabin with this other character. He's like, you know, when I left the cabin yesterday, I turned the light off and you, and it's like completely dark out, but they can see the light in the cabin. And I was like, ooh, that was a really good moment. And then he and this other character go up there and we don't see what happens they don't really talk about it i'm like so did the other character like try to jump him i guess they say something like oh they found the the clothing and then he cut the line so kurt russell couldn't get back um but it's not really brought up again i don't know um the blood test sequence was really cool that definitely got a jump scare out of me uh again there were like some sequences that worked well but when you look at the movie as a whole at least when I looked at the movie as a whole I was like I am very confused <laughs> because like the one like there's three characters left at the end and one of them just apparently dies off screen like they didn't even show that and then of course it's like the last two and they're both like oh but is that person the thing and, of course, it leaves it ambiguous, which I didn't mind that it was ambiguous. But, apparently, if you get it deeper into the lore, um, it kind of answers more whether they're the thing or not. So, <sighs> this movie is kind of frustrating. It's like, it's fine if I don't think about it. But the more I think about it, the more frustrated and annoyed I get. So, there you go. It is, it's a sort of well put together movie acting i guess another thing that bugged me was the whole time it's so threadbare um and i guess that you know they want to keep the the momentum going they want to keep the suspense up which is good and the first like 30 minutes or so i was actually pleasantly surprised with how quick the plot was moving and that's because we don't stop to get any amount of like character beats with any of these people other than the pilot and the doctors and Windows, I didn't know what any of them did on the little research crew. Don't know what the hell they were researching. I don't I don't know. And uh don't know any of their backstories, don't know whether who likes who, you know, who gets along with who, who hates who. None of that. So I know I feel like I say this all the time, but this might have been better as miniseries. Because then, you know, you could do, like, a whole episode where you're just setting up the characters, setting up their relationships with each other, you know, what, you know, who has, like, a stronger friendship with who and who doesn't, like, you know, who doesn't trust another person. And then, you know, like, at the very end of that first episode, you could get, like, the, um, like, the dog showing up and the, was it Swedish, whoever finished, the Norwegians, oh yeah, it was Norwegians, the Norwegians shooting at the dog, which was a very interesting opening, I was like, okay, you, you got me movie, I'm interested, <laughs> to quote, uh, Mr. Plinkett, and, um, 
But I mean, you could do something like at the very end that really gets you hooked in. And then you could develop while you have this, you know, monster creeping into the uh, facility and infiltrating. You could do more of that. And while you're also still building off of those character beats that you pre-established earlier. So anyway, that's what I'm thinking. Um, because, mm, yeah, again, it just frustrated me of how it seems like the movie, even the filmmakers didn't really know how certain people became the thing. They're like, oh, well, maybe it was this person off screen, or maybe it was this little detail that you missed earlier. And again, I guess once you get deeper into the lore and the little like kind of nitpickiness of it, it's like, I think more than certain people should have been the thing based on, you know, who was trading spit with who and who was like eating after who all that so like apparently there's a shot where like the infiltrated dog brushes or the infected like the infected dog brushes up against i forget everyone's name that brushes up against the guy who got shot by the norwegian you know brushes up against his wound um on his leg and they're like, well, was that when he got infected? And apparently, like, not even the filmmakers know. They just wanted certain people to be the thing, and there kind of wasn't a rhyme or reason as to who was and who wasn't. Um, you know, we see someone get infected by the dog, but we don't know who it is. And then we find out later, okay, they, you know, these people were the thing, but it's like, why? You know, we didn't get to see, even after the fact, it's not like we got to see you know, the other characters, like, put together, like, oh, right, you know, he became infected when such and such happened. I don't know, it just bothered me. Anyway, I'm really, yeah, the more I think about this movie, the more frustrated I get. So, I'd give it, like, I'd give it, like, a three and a half. Yeah, I'd give it a three and a half. I don't want to give it a three, because I feel like that's a little too low, but I don't want to give it a four, because I feel like that's a little too high. So, normally I'm like three and a half or three, or three and a half or four, but this time I'm just going to do straight three and a half, and I feel like even that's being a little generous, but I, I guess I'm just being a little bastard and I'm nitpicking. I might have liked this movie more if I hadn't read the IMDb trivia page that kind of um, changed a little bit of my perspective of how I felt about the movie, but even still, like, shouldn't have watched it late at night with the, with the lights off. That was a mistake on my part, so... Yeah, definitely gave me nightmares, so I guess, you know, check one if you like that sort of thing. Um, definitely has some really well put together, tense, suspenseful sequences, so another check mark for that. Acting, I guess, was alright. Effects were great. Um, again, the story, like, it moved very quickly, maybe a little too quickly for, again, missing a lot of those character beats, but, you know, take what you want, I guess, so, yeah, three and a half seems fair. So, okay, I will talk to you guys later. I did get around to watching another anime, so I will probably be talking about that next time in Showtime. See ya! Hey film buddies, follow me around Denver. This week at the drive-in, the 88 drive-in is showing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Morbius. Still a holdover from last weekend on their one screen and then the holiday twin drive-in which has two screens has uh, not announced this week's lineup but last weekend they held over the previous weekend's lineup except for batman and i think they replaced batman with morbius so 
That would be Dumbledore and Morbius on one screen and Sonic and Lost City on the other. And the uh, Esquire, Cinna Insomnia this week is The Room on Friday and Rocky Horror Picture Show on Saturday. Um, that being the 29th and 30th. Um, and of course, this episode will probably go up late. So, so maybe this information isn't useful for this week. Um, but next week, May 6th and 7th, they will have Pacific Rim as the late night movie at 10 p.m. So, there you go. That's what's going on around town this week. Yeah, sorry. It's a long one. Okay, well, we have a time limit. Hopefully it's under 15 minutes. It's under 10 minutes, yes. Okay, just saying. And, uh, I mean, I don't want I don't have to be the one to tell you that, like, sorry, no go. You need to self-edit. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll force edit. Because uh, nice. I, 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 I just told everyone, if it's longer than 15 minutes, I'm just going to cut it off. So... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, be warned. Harsh, but also yeah. Zach said he was going to call in his Northman review. So um, oh, that's right. But he also says he's going to call in every week. So yeah, Zach. We'll see. Still waiting. <laughs> Hello, real nerds listeners. This is Zach. You remember that guy that kind of pops in and out every so often because he's put too much on his plate because he doesn't know when to stop saying yes. Anyway, I'm here to call in my review of The Northman, Robert Eggers' latest outing. Um, right off the bat, um, I would absolutely recommend it. <clears throat> it is a unique take on a genre that normally is relegated to strictly action. Uh has a lot more creativity and thought put into it than most films that tend to work around in this medieval-ish period. I know that it's not supposed to be a medieval film. It's, a, it's dealing with a Viking scenario, but things that have that similar aesthetic. Uh, and in the case of this film, you have Alexander Skarsgård leading the charge on a very wonderfully adrenaline-fueled performance of Revenge that I absolutely dug. Uh, for me, it just... It just absolutely worked, and it's not just because he's shirtless all the time, guys. It's not just because of that. Um, and um, obviously, Anya Taylor-Joy, who has worked with Eggers before, shows again what wonderful things she can come up with when given Eggers material. Uh, her performance is magnificent. In fact, I'm assuming that the nerds have already gone into spoiler territory, but uh, the idea of uh, her cursing the winds uh, after he has to leave her by the film's end is a wonderful standout moment for her. Um, and you, of course, have Nicole Kidman playing a role that I did not see. I did not see the twist coming. Uh, and she just absolutely knocks it out of the park. Uh, from an aesthetic point, as we all know, Eggers uh, tends to embellish a lot with his production design. And this is not even close to uh, a deviation. Uh, he the, the film is rich in detail as a result of his attention to that very detail from a historical standpoint. Additionally, the language plays out in a way that Eggers has been known for with The Witch and The Lighthouse. The one thing I wasn't expecting about this film, and I think it's actually a huge benefit in his favor, is that I didn't expect a horror aspect to approach in this film, but it did. Uh, we got wonderful scenes of sacrifice and uh, dissection and... Uh, 
uh, bodies being mutilated that like it's not necessarily that you want to see that. But if if you're gonna go in for a kind of a horror aesthetic attached to your normal revenge movie uh, trope of uh, an epic era, then you uh, you've come to the right place with the Northman. Um, and additionally, you've got Willem Dafoe's severed head giving uh, instructions to Alexander Skarsgård. What more could you ask for? Um, so yeah, I highly recommend the film. Uh, it's not for all audiences. If you're a little squeamish, heads up. There is some moments that might. Uh, might, might unnerve you. But other than that, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, and I hope the rest of the nerds enjoyed it. Uh, so that's all from Zach here, and I'll see you in my other segment. Bye. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Hello, Real Nerds listeners. It's Zach again. You know, that guy who shows up infrequently because he's just terrible. Yeah, that's me. I know I haven't been around for these call-in segments lately, but I, uh, I, w- I would like to correct that, if you will. Uh, let me by – I want to go back to a segment we used to do on the show and the one that I missed. Um, you know, uh, there's nothing I like more than going to the movie theater except perhaps maybe sitting down with a Blu-ray disc or a 4K disc or a DVD even. Uh, and really trying to uh, just embrace the fact that I can still put a disc in a player and enjoy a film that I love or hate. doesn't matter. I'm willing to take a chance sometimes. So if you'll indulge me, I'd like to bring back the DVDs and Blu-ray segment every so often. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what's coming out this week. And we actually have some interesting titles coming out. So let's begin. First of all, uh, Criterion will be giving you some interesting choices in their uh, category. First of all, you'll be able to go through Round Midnight from 1986. The plot deals in the 1950s. Dale Turner, a gifted black saxophonist with a drinking problem, leaves behind New York and his estranged family and relocates to Paris. There he plays for a progressive jazz-loving audience without being judged by his race and ages quietly in peace. Not intending to turn away from his vices, Dale nonetheless becomes the project of a French fan who tries to help him fight his alcoholism, ultimately, in, ultimately inspiring Dale and his music. Directed by Bertr- Bertrand, Tr- Bertrand Tavernier, bleh, uh, this film from 1986 will now be available on Blu-ray from Criterion. It's a film that I'd like to check out. This looks interesting. Um, and additionally, we will also have coming to you uh, through the courtesy of of Criterion, uh, a film that I think James might like. It's called For All Mankind, uh, and it's coming to you in 4K HD and Blu-ray. It's from 1989, directed by Al Reinhardt. Um, it says it's a documentary chronicling the American space program and its rush to put a man on the moon. So right up James's alley. Uh, and in, in the listed uh, cast, it just says starring John F. Kennedy. So it's <laughs> as if nobody else contributed to the space program other than just John F. Kennedy. He's the only one, guys. Um, <clears throat> but I won't just dwell in the past. I will give you something from the present. Uh, and I can't think of a better way to address the present then talking about Moonfall. Uh, yes, I still have never seen Moonfall, but perhaps I will pick it up on 4K. Uh, coming to you in 4K is the movie Moonfall from Roland Emmerich, uh, a director who I feel like has just kind of decided this is what he wants to do the rest of his life, and God bless him for it. Uh, you can get it in a standard release, uh, which just features the moon hitting the Earth with a space, uh, uh, with a space uh, spaceship flying toward it. Um, or you can check out 
One that looks like the moon is trying to pull the Earth into a gravitational beam like in Star Wars. So uh, very, very interesting. Anyway, check out Moonfall if that's your bag. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, and we'll go back into the past a little bit here. We've got Arrow putting out 12 monkeys in 4K. That's right. Bruce Willis, Madeline Stowe, Brad Pitt, and a Terry Gilliam production of pure madness based off of a short film from France that comprises of photographs. It's amazing what you can do when you put your mind to it and when you go over budget, Gary Gilliam. Uh, and coming to you in 4K is the one, the only, singing in the rain. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Gene Kelly. Debbie Reynolds, Donald O'Connor, they're all here. They're all here to tell you about the wonderful days of silent films transition into talkie pictures. And you can get that film in 4K, both in a standard release and in a wonderful steelbook that features Gene Kelly dancing in front of a bunch of other multicolored umbrellas. There's some yellow ones and some blue ones, but of course he has a red one. So be sure to check out Singing in the Rain if you haven't. Why the fuck haven't you? Uh, and we've also got Dracula Sucks in 4K from 1978 coming to you from a company called Vinegar Syndrome. That's right, the one and only Vinegar Syndrome giving you the exploitation's finest and most forgotten films so that you could have them on your shelf. Uh, let's jump over to Kino Lorber. They're putting out Film Noir, The Dark Side of Cinema, Volume 5, 6, actually, 6. Wow, they're up to 6. Wow. You can get in here Singapore, Johnny Stool Pigeon, and The Raging Tide. Films ranging from 1947 to 1951. Kino Lorber does an amazing job at putting together their collections at affordable prices, so I cannot recommend you give them a shot. Uh, I cannot recommend enough that you don't give them a shot. Wow, I cannot talk today. Jeez. Uh, I guess I'll get used to these pre-recorded segments. Uh, and last but not least, I want to talk about a film that just looks insane. Uh, it's a movie called Slash Dance, coming to you from Culture Shock Releasings from 1989. Since it's two films, I only see one film here, so maybe they've got another one coming up. But... Uh, it says a female cop goes undercover as a dancer at an old theater to catch a serial killer who has been murdering women auditioning for a musical. Uh, if this doesn't have the serial killer with a solo number, I will be sorely disappointed. Uh, starring James Carroll Jordan, J. Buzz Van Orsteiner, Cynthia, Cynthia Cheston, and John Henry Richardson. Man, what a lineup of people I've never heard of. And that's not a bad thing. Just means I've never been exposed to the world of slash dance. But perhaps I will. Perhaps you will. Well, folks, that's all I can find for you at the upcoming Blu-ray DVD 4K releases. But I will tell you that coming up, you are going to have some re big releases like the Batman and such other classics of the recent memory it's a wonderful world of physical media to explore. I hope you check it out, and I hope you enjoy these selections and many others that come down the pipeline. I'll take it on over to the next nerd, whoever that might be. Anyways, thanks for listening. We'll see you at the movies. Bye. Bye. Brian Tech Balls. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple. 
or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6NERDS5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it. <laughs>